Welcome to the M2 Podcast. This is episode 28. This is basically the show where we cover esports and personalities, gaming industry-related news, new and upcoming games, and technology and innovation. Pretty much the show where we cover the last week in review. I'm your host, Michael Anthony, my co-host, Mr. Jake Heath, aka Kyle Heath. And pretty much like, what have you been up to the last week, Kyle? Um, that's a good question. Uh, you, you know, this, uh, the standard editing stuff, of course. Uh... In terms of games, though, what have I played? Yeah, uh, what have you played? I've been sticking to the same old, same old recently, honestly. I don't think I've branched out much, especially in the past couple of weeks. But, uh, you know, standard Peck Smite trade-off, you know, flip-flop mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. Uh, I haven't really been doing too much else. Um, been wanting to check out Stray, but, I mean, with the... Uh, I don't know, like a four to five hour game with like a $30 price tag doesn't sound super intriguing to me right now, so I may wait for a price drop on that and actually check it out. Yeah. But, um, but from what I've heard, it's, you know, pretty good in terms of gameplay and stuff, so um, yeah. Um, but I think overall, I haven't really uh, haven't ventured out too much. What about you, Mike? Well, speaking of Stray, I haven't played it, but you watch video game Donkey, right? On yeah. YouTube? But yeah. Did you take... Did you see his most recent video about Stray? I did not, actually. I didn't see it in my feed. <laughs> Surprising. So, yeah. so basically, if you're not familiar with video game Donkey, he uh more of a comedian than he is like a reviewer of games. But every now and then, he goes kind of to his roots of like, okay, let's review a game. And yeah. He played Stray <laughs> all the way through and gave like a full review of it. And he was like, he also has kind of comedic elements in it, of course, because it's entertaining. Um. But his review actually turned me away from the game a little bit. Oh, wow. Because it, yeah, not like wow. that it was a bad thing. It was just like he basically got to the point of like, eh, it's kind of repetitive. It's like, it, you don't really get to do anything, like have control of your uh, cat or whatever. Huh. Um, and it, it basically just wasn't very convincing. But at the end, he's just like, but I mean, it's a 10 out of 10 because you get to play as a cat. <laughs> so yeah. he like he liked it a lot, but he was being real about the review. Um, yeah, but it's one of the highest rated games right now. It's like higher rated than Elden Ring. Oh, surprising! A headline that I saw. I don't know if that's still the case, but yeah. it's definitely something I saw by like GameSpot or something. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've heard it's good. I don't know if, uh, and you know, I may end up getting it at a discount and regret that I didn't get it at full price because it's that good. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it's it's a single player game. Those usually go on sale within like three or four months. Right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So definitely. If you're willing to wait, you're going to get it on a discount, even if it's like five, ten, fifteen percent. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, another funny thing I did see is uh, Yong Yeah, who's another uh, oh, tech, yeah. tech reviewer. He did a segment on Anthem and how games. Yeah, GameStop. Almost said GameSpot. GameStop is selling Anthem copies for one cent right now one whole penny yeah basically the game isn't worth shelving space so they're trying to get rid of it as much like as quickly as possible (laughs) so nice if you got a GameStop, go you have to go in store though um to pay like full or half price if you order online but yeah that's funny my goodness yeah but to answer your question about what i've been doing the last week um playing a lot of halo infinite and I booted up my old original Xbox because I the Moist Critical Challenge 20k yeah 
uh, I actually found this little guy right here, which is a splitter for audio for it. And I found out that my Xbox didn't actually have component cables. Compon yeah, component cables. They're only composite, so yellow, red, and white. Yeah. And I want to stream or record the gameplay in HD or HDMI. Well, HD 720p. And I can't do that without it like looking like trash with a standard RCA cable. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. I went on. I got a. I got the component cables that should be coming in. Like, I got the component cables now. I get, need to get the converter, and the converter comes on Saturday. So I'll That's be playing right. some OG Halo Two. Uh, I've been playing Splitgate again, having a blast on there. So. Nice Splitty. Splitty Gate. Yes, sir. They got a competitive season going on. There are still yeah. teams going. They got, dude. I got on and like the skins on that game are phenomenal they're like all yeah. like half of them are animated yeah. my character looks like he's a space alien galaxy guy it's so nuts yeah. Uh, I've, yeah I've heard the skins go kind of crazy in that game it's been a while since I've logged so in sick. they give they're basically giving skins away every time you log in so, let me log in now jeez yeah and it's great away. and the uh the progression system is similar to cod so you know like cod you just go in however many kills you can possibly get with a certain weapon how many headshots yeah. like melee kills then you'll just start unlocking all the different skins and the ultimate skin is similar to overwatch like the ultimate skin that you get when you unlock all the challenges for that particular weapon is a gold skin oh uh, so, yeah 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 it's hmm. pretty cool pretty neat yeah it's pretty it's a it's a lot of fun man i've been having fun but uh what do you got for us in terms of news for this week Oh, we got some stories, Mike. We got some stories, man. Um, I wanted to start off with a little hardware. I like to always start shows off with the hardware stuff we can. Um, yes. In particular, this is uh, we're going to talk about the Backbone One. Uh, it got its first official PlayStation friendly, um, I guess kind of PlayStation esque um iPhone controller. Uh, they partnered with Backbone. Sony did. Uh, they listed the accessory company Backbone to make a PlayStationified version of the excellent Backbone 1 mobile controller for iPhone. It's actually available from Backbone and Best Buy. Uh, gives off, they said it gives all PS Vita vibes. PS Vita vibes. <laughs> except, <old> school. <laughs> except somehow Sony was okay with Backbone keeping its Xbox-like analog stick arrangement, which is actually, if you look at the image here, that's a good point. <laughs> they kept the top left and the bottom right of the analogs. Which is interesting. Yeah. Um, but uh, also, if you do notice, an article kind of mentions um, is that they've switched out the buttons for more PlayStation-looking <laughs> buttons. Um, in particular, they said uh, uh, it's identical in price and design to the all-black 2020 Backbone 1 that's still on sale. Um, you, could save one, you could save for one big change. You get the cross, circle, triangle, and square for A, B, X, and Y. So they did, of course, change those uh, to be the more Sony ones. Um, if you want to get the one on sale, full disclosure, this retails for $99.99 for a little kind of iPhone controller. So take that for what you will. Um, but it does seem like the original is on sale. So if you don't want to get the, uh, if you don't for some reason want the Sony <laughs> PlayStation controller version, so to speak, uh, you can always get a cheaper one. But, but I mean, in terms of mobile gaming, I mean, for at least my perspective on this, it's I certainly probably wouldn't get this <laughs> because... One, I don't play, I don't play PlayStation remote games, let alone mobile games. It's like that whole market for me is kind of, I don't dabble too much anymore. 
think the last like mobile game I really played was like Clash of Clans, and that's not even really like <laughs> that's like a tapping game. That's not even like a proper, at least what I yeah. feel is like a proper like mobile game in terms of like intensive, um, like you know resource usage and having to flip your phone vertically and use both hands and yeah, it's um it's definitely not like that. So, I mean, I'm personally I'm not super crazy about this i will say though from a design perspective i i mean it looks like sony made it right it doesn't look like they partnered with a third party uh company it looks like sony straight up made it so i mean i don't know i like mike what do you think i mean i don't know how huge or into mobile gaming nowadays but uh well i got that tablet now so i need to kind of get more involved um i did do xcloud on the tablet a couple times and that was nice but when it comes to this like setup, I mean, if you're playing mobile games and you're pretty serious about it, this is actually a good idea. I mean, I was trying to figure yeah. out and justify the hundred dollar um price tag that's attached to this, but I I found out where it is. So they have, well, yeah, it's everything that you expect it to be, right? So it's like you have the controller bit, you have the com- the comfortable grips, the logical button arrangement, the good trigger responsiveness which is what you expect in all these kind of attachments. But the biggest thing that I see is there are features for lightning as through charging and a 3.5 millimeter headphone audio pass-through port. So I think that's pretty cool. Hmm, There's yeah. like, in the handles of the grips, you can see in one of the Best Buy images, if you go to their site, um, on the bottom of it, there's a pass through for the charger on your right. And then on your left is the headphone jack. If you want to do that. Oh, that's pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. So my confusion is, is like not all phones have an audio auxiliary jack, like looking at Apple, you know, they don't have (laughs) those. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, I mean, like they could probably have some type of converter in there for Apple phones. Yeah. I'm assuming that's the case. I mean, this is an Apple, I guess it's meant for Apple phones, right? So they have an auxiliary yeah. in there. It's probably going to be yeah. converting it, which is which is awesome because you can just plug headphones in. Yeah, exactly. So that's probably where the hundred bucks is coming from. Yeah, those adapters are not cheap. Very true, so especially I'm, like you know, Apple products, right? <laughs> like just Apple yeah. in general. So if if it's got that bitten in Apple, it's going to cost <laughs> at least twenty percent more. Uh, but yeah, I think it's pretty cool. I think it's really nice. Yeah. Um, it's not for me but I could definitely see how people would be excited about seeing this. Yeah. And it fits every, it fits every phone. It's like adjustable. It like opens and closes like a clamp. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it says that, you know, it does clamp out to fit anything from like the iPhone 13 mini all the way to the pro max. So it's like any iPhone size. Right. Yeah. Um, But yeah. Um, so I was reading a little bit more to this. Uh, into the article, it says, for the uninitiated, Sony's Remote Play app for mobile lets you jump into your PS4 or PS5 games while roaming around your house. It sounds great, and it is capable of delivering a decent experience. I can load up Tetris Effect Connected just about anywhere. I guess who wrote this, said this, and I can have a pretty good time while streaming via Wi-Fi at home, which is how I imagine most people may use Remote Play. Um, You can also play Remote Play outside of your home via LTE or 5G, um, Though fast-paced games like Returnal didn't play so hot over LTE or even 5G um, in some cases. So your enjoyment may vary depending on your Wi-Fi hardware and your network coverage. Um, he, um, the person that wrote this article, let me, uh, let me see who wrote it. Um, Cameron Faulkner wrote this. Cameron also said, 
Um, I can get over the rope play latency, but there's uh, there are some other persistent annoyances here. Backbone's orange button can be pressed and held to take you back to the PS5's home screen to switch games, which is great, though doing so bypasses the toolbar that lets you easily put the console in rest mode. So you'll need to use the iPhone's touchscreen to pull up the virtual PS5 home button and navigate to the option, or when manually disconnecting from remote play, you can set the console to automatically go into rest mode. Feels like a little more annoying than it should be. It's also bothersome that the switch that when you switch away from remote play app, even briefly, you'll need to reconnect to your console. Oh wow! So definitely some, uh, <laughs> definitely some hiccups there. Um, yeah, yeah. And I can I can definitely see how it's annoying, but um, definitely much, uh, you know, stuff that I'm sure you know with some software updates they can fix and kind of work around. But yeah, just some small annoyances there. Um, is to be aware of if you decide to use a backbone. Yeah, I think it's. I think yeah. the overall concept's a good idea, but that right there would annoy annoy me. Like <laughs> doing anything to switch out of the app, and you have to reconnect to your console. Yeah, or even like toggle the app, and that's kind of like that's like back in the day when you couldn't do picture in picture mode or like split screen on your yeah. uh, mobile device. Yeah, my how times have changed, right? Kind of crazy. Yeah, now you can do like five things. I actually did on my tablet. I did a split down the middle, then I pulled up a YouTube video, and then I also had a calculator, another utility up. I was like, holy crap, I have four things on one screen, and it's a freaking tablet. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is happening? Yeah, real. Um, yeah. yeah I, it's worth checking out, though, for people that have iOS yeah. and they're mobile gamers. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's definitely worth it. I mean, it, the article also mentions that um, people are speculating, you know, this is kind of PlayStation's dip into the mobile market. They just released the end zone uh, line, the stuff that was catered towards PC. So it's kind of like Sony's trying to branch out. I can respect it. So, you know, it's not bad. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> they're, they're stepping into the territory of Sony and Microsoft now. Yeah, I mean, they're trying to, you know. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be, I mean, especially with, I mean, we heard the rumors of the Pro Controller, which I'm so upset we haven't heard anything since, because that sounded like Dude. so good. It's like, yeah, where's it at? Dude, where is it at, dude? When that article drops, that is, the, that is the main story of that episode. You heard it here first, you know what I'm saying? Heck yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> anyways, I'm excited for the future of Sony. I think, uh, who knows if they'll be able to reach Microsoft level, but they're certainly trying, and I can respect it. So. Speaking of trying to reach to a level of a competitor, yes. let's talk about AMD. Um, AMD released its own noise suppression tool to take on NVIDIA's RTX broadcast. Kind of crazy stuff. Um... So, uh, it says AMD accidentally leaked its noise suppression feature last week, and now it officially is making, they're officially making it available as part of the Adrenaline software. Uh, the latest Adrenaline Edition 22.7.1 update includes AMD noise suppression, which will reduce background noise using a real-time deep learning algorithm. AMD noise suppression works very similar to RTX broadcast, allowing you to filter unwanted background noise from your own microphone or even from someone else's device if you're on a call. Uh, AMD has integrated its noise suppression feature directly into the internal interface, and so you don't need to download a separate app like NVIDIA requires to use RTX Broadcast. Unfortunately, it's only available and won't be available to many AMD customers to start. While AMD originally wrote it would work with Ryzen 5000 series CPUs, um, not just AMD graphics, it turns out that's wrong. AMD noise suppression technology is only supported on AMD R Radeon RT RX 6000 series graphics cards and mobile GPUs and 6000 series processors with RDNA 2 graphics. 
uh, reads a correction from AMD's Oren Ng The Verge. Um, yeah, we pulled this article from The Verge, and they included a bunch of wonderful screenshots of the interface and everything, kind of showing how it's, how it's used. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, this is certainly... When I saw this article, I, I just think like this is a huge W, because like I wanted to see... It was always in the back of my mind if AMD was going to do something similar because RTX has been so successful. Yeah. And they're taking a stab at it. And um, I don't know. It's, uh, I- I'm very, and I- I'll have to, we'll have to read more of the article here to see if it's actually, uh, I don't know if much testing has been done on it since it is such a new feature um, and how it actually compares to RTX. Broadcast her voice. Um, but, um, but very interesting stuff. Mike, I know you use RTX voice or RTX broadcast yourself. Yes. I mean, does this sound intriguing to you? I mean, because like, NVIDIA has pretty good software. They have a pretty good algorithm behind that. Uh, behind the voice. Oh software. yeah. Oh yeah. Our, yeah. NVIDIA knows what they're doing when it comes to algorithms. I think this is very exciting for AMD um, GPU owners, though. So the the cool thing about it is like the brief history of how NVIDIA came up with this is they created NVIDIA's RTX voice. And RTX Voice works with all GTX and RTX graphics cards. And it basically is a noise suppression AI algorithm as well, where it's like it can just reduce any background ambient noises and clinging in the background and all this other stuff. And I guess they rebranded it to RTX RTX Broadcast because they're trying to get more into that, like, all-encompassing streaming platform for people yeah to be a broadcaster um but you don't have to have rtx broadcast you can just download the simple app of like rtx voice and be fine right now should yeah. should i show the people what the difference is i mean yeah it? i mean i'll just say right now well, you know what he's showing exactly. ladies and gentlemen please turn your audio down if you have it kind of high <laughs> right now just kind of turn it down just for a little bit not long all right all right, so I'm going to turn off RTX voice, and then I'm going to type. I'm going to speak, and then I'm going to type. So here's it. Here's it with it off. I don't know if you've noticed my voice change at all. Oh, we hear the, we hear the AC. I'll just say that. You hear the AC <laughs> running every time I talk? Yeah, because uh, I got a fan behind me. So I don't have live feedback in my ears right now. Um, so I can type. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> But here's the crazy thing. Away. So, so for people that are just listening, and like you can't see me typing on my keyboard on the video, but I'll go ahead and turn it on while I'm typing. So oh, here we go. Next level, let's get it. Yeah. So like, can Dude, you hear it? I can't hear I'm anything now. It's crazy. Yeah. It's it's absolutely insane. I I saw a video and a review on this two years ago, and they had dogs barking in the background. They had random people talking as well. But it yeah. like the algorithm, the AI picks up the nearest voice, yeah. and maybe it has like a voice signature too, because it's like everybody's voice naturally sounds different, yeah, um, or has its own signature. So maybe that's what they're doing. But um, this technology has been around for a while now. I think AMD can perfect it. They definitely have the hardware to do it. Yeah. It just really comes down to do they have the software and the AI's like noise suppression like ability. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they have the R&D, right? I think if AMD's proved anything, especially since 2017 yeah. now, um, they really ramped up kind of the R&D around their hardware, and now it's like, it's competing with Intel, and Intel's down, and now they're mm-hmm. they're fighting, and Ryzen 7000's yeah. coming out, and it's going to be insane, so... 
I definitely got the research behind it now. So um, I mean, it's good to see. I mean, to your point, though, you know, this is two years after NVIDIA dropped theirs, right? So it's yes, definitely late. Yes. But um, but that's not to say it's necessarily a bad iteration. And I, I'm glad to see AMD got to it eventually. Um, yeah, overall, I'm cur- I'll am i be curious to see. I mean, and to your point, too, when you were talking about the, uh, you saw like videos of it a couple of years ago. I remember one, there's one st- like distinct video I will never forget. And it was the guy... There's a guy sitting at his desk showing it off, and he had a hammer. <laughs> that was one of the objects. He had a leaf blower, a full leaf blower, full-size leaf blower. Like, I know exactly which one you're talking <laughs> yeah. about. That's what sold me. I saw that. I'm like, I'm downloading it right now. <laughs> Dude, it was insane. He's like, if you have a 2000 series card, you can download it right now. And he's literally sitting there taking the hammer, beating it on his desk while he's talking, completely cancels out. You see him doing it. It's so loud, and then he turns it on, you can't hear it. Um leaf blower he literally took a leaf blower like put it right next to the microphone and talked and don't get me wrong you could tell like it was chopping his voice up but you still like could barely hear the leaf blower and it was literally right there and like he turned yeah. it off and it's just like it drowned out the audio but um it's such a crazy bit yeah i mean the power of ai right like that's like it, it's all kind of an a it, it's ai is the reason why it's so good um and it's like it's especially in the audio sphere that's one of the uh that's certainly like I hope to see it kind of in more in more hardware, like whether it's, you know, I mean, because there's a lot of real world applications that you can have with RTX voice or RTX broadcast in this case. Um, a lot of real world applications, like if you're like a, you know, say you're like a trucker or something and, you know, you want to make calls or stuff. And granted, I think I, I don't know the whole world there, but it's kind of a but anywhere where you're in a very noisy environment, like a factory or something like that, like you could take advantage of some of these tools i think whether it's like through a walkie or something like that like what if walkie talkies kind of had this uh had this sort of processing so it would only pick up voices i think it'd be pretty crazy so sick yeah that's actually a good point i didn't even think about like you you could technically use rtx voice if you have like a gtx or an rtx graphics card in any device So if you have one like your laptop or something like that, and you're actually out in the field or like in a manufacturing plant where it's really loud and you have to do those like corporate meetings, dude, just turn it on. And then they can't hear anything. It's cool. It's true. Yeah. Totally drowns out everything. I mean, yeah, you could use it. Yeah. If it's just in like a, in a work machine, like they get a work machine with NVIDIA card, RTX, like it may be worth the investment, especially if you're in a uh, noisy environment. So exactly Hope, hoping to see more real world application of it so i think it could really uh change the game and i feel like we yes. still maybe haven't seen that yet i feel like i feel like something like this could like maybe not become like a household name but like pretty close to it you know of like oh well did you get the phone with this on it or did you get like this with this on it? did your laptop have this like kind of thing that's um, so cool yeah insane. watch it's going to show up on our phones next probably already is and we don't know it or something i don't know i don't know maybe but... you know, who knows apple could be working on their own thing knowing apple you know, if they want to try and get yeah. into iPhones. Um, but yeah. I mean, just, cool. I mean, just the technology of like active noise cancellation blows my mind because <laughs> it's like, you just like, especially with like, we saw it recently with a steel series headset, that new steel series, uh, Arctis pro yes. Nova or whatever it is. I think that's, uh, they use active noise cancellation where it takes in all the, uh, the noise through outside speakers and it filters it out. So it creates the effect of like a closed back headphone, even though it's open. So, it's, uh, yeah, it's so cool that they can do that. Yeah. I mean, the technology of audio and processing is, it's, it's gotten to pretty crazy heights. So. Yeah, but I think if you're an AMD uh, GPU holder, you should start rejoicing. 
Yeah. I mean, you're going to have to wait. Like, you can only do it with the RTX 6000 graphic cards and Ryzen 6000 APUs. So. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely check out their article, too, if you are if you have an AMD card. Uh, they discuss a little more on what's coming in the latest drivers, like OpenGL optimizations and whatnot. So might be uh, stuff of interest to you if you have a high-end AMD card. Yep. We got all the links in the description. So Always do. Definitely check it out. Definitely. I also want to bring the attention. Uh, we recently yes. got... It's been a while, Mike, since we've had an article around a research kind of i was gonna say survey but it's not like a <laughs> survey it's a research study um and so we there, there's a new study recently um that says that playing video games all summer won't make you feel worse sounds kind of a sounds kind of weird when you word it like that but we'll we'll describe it in a little more detail um so the article says if we pull this from the verge it said video games aren't hurting people's mental health and they're not helping it in fact they don't do much to move the needle at all, according to a new study of tens of thousands of gamers. Uh, for years, policymakers and public health bodies have expressed concern about the potential of video games to be addictive or harm your mental health. The study published in the journal uh, the Royal Society Open Science offers one of the more comprehensive looks at the relationship between video games and well-being. It builds on previous research from the same team that also didn't find bad effects on mental health. Uh, the research team worked with video game publishers to recruit nearly 39,000 people who played one of seven games. Animal Crossing New Horizons, Apex Legends, EVE Online, Forza Horizon 4, Gran Turismo Sport, and The Crew 2. Game publishers provided gameplay data for participants over six weeks, and the researchers surveyed participants three times. Because the team was able to examine players' gaming data... They didn't have to rely on players self-reporting the amount of time they spent playing games, so the team was able to get a more accurate read on gaming time. The study measured well-being using two tools, the scale of positive and negative experiences, which asked people to rank how often they experience feelings like happy and afraid, and the, can and the Cantrell self-anchoring scale, which asked people to say where they are on a ladder with the top representing their best possible life. <laughs> Very interesting. Um, so the study also asked people to take the player experience of a need satisfaction survey, which tracks people's experience with specific games, tracking things like their perception of autonomy and their motivations to play the game. Uh, the analysis found that spending more or less time playing games didn't have a negative or positive effect on how people felt. Conversely, how people felt didn't have a major impact on how much time people spent gaming. Um, article goes on a little bit more, but I mean. If there's anything we could say here is that uh, if you're playing a bunch of games, I think it's safe to say that, you know, it's not going to, uh, I don't think it has as much of a negative effect as especially policymakers think it may have. So, I mean, just, just play more games, I guess is, you know, end of the story here, you know, like, yeah. I, don't know else to, <laughs> I don't know else to put it. I don't know. I mean, what do you think, Mike? I think it's pretty, like, interesting, the fact that it's like an actual study and people are spending time on it. Yeah, it's, it, well, we need more studies based on gaming because gaming is such a new concept. Yeah, I mean, definitely. it's really only been around since like the eighties, um, in, in like a large scale form. So it it's cool. I, I think it's cool, man. There's a there's a couple of TED talks that do a bunch of research on it too, about how like gaming in general is actually good for your mental health if you have games that are like milestone based or achievement hunting or like progression in 
stories and stuff, people yeah. actually get a like a real true sense of fulfillment when they accomplish something that's very difficult. And yeah. that's like a satisfactory real thing. Um and I feel like that's like gaming has a lot of benefits. I mean, not to say like you should definitely move your physical body, but like emotionally, mentally well being, I mean dude, like gaming has a lot of benefits for people. Yeah, for sure. And to that point, I think when I personally for me, when I'm playing a game like Animal Crossing or something like that, it's I feel like those games are hard for me to get engaged in and stay playing almost. And I think yeah. part of that is because like it's there's kind of like no <laughs> there's no like kind of like you did this and like kind of like a task like progression type thing. It's kind of just like here, build your little town, <laughs> go <Yeah>. plant <laughs> some trees, go <laughs> go to the store. Like I don't know. It's it's I think for me, not dogging on Animal Crossing. For the little time I did play on that game, I can definitely see the appeal. Um, but yeah, I think for me, it's just kind of uh, having like having those achievements and having a challenge to overcome is like what keeps you playing a lot of games. I think. So. Well, I think uh, to your point on or like to a counter to that specifically with Animal Crossing, I know people that play Animal Crossing that set their own goals. Yeah, which is so true. Like, yeah. yeah, it's like I want to have a bigger, better house. I want to have these sets of decorations. I want to have my island look a certain way yeah and or like i want to get my bankroll up you know it's kind of like it just depends on what you want to do right yeah so it, it's like what do they call it a sandbox game yes yeah, sand, very sandboxy ultimate, yeah. yeah whereas you can have something a little bit more structured and rigid i think that's why like people why there's so many different genres of games like it appeals one genre will appeal to somebody more than another genre might like yeah. fps and racing games i'm always going to be interested in yeah unfortunately i'm not really that interested in any rpg games or mmos yeah i think um i think especially over the past couple of years i've shifted more so into like fps games i don't know what it is but i just love shooters i think it's like something about especially on like keyboard and mouse i think like shooters and like oh, yeah. having the ability to use a mouse is like very uh and, like it, it, like if i if i get if i hit every shot like in like a game oh, or something like that it's like dude i am insane like i'm freaking out because i'm just like it's kind of like that so i just love that feeling um especially when you win a game that sense of like challenge and you're kind of you, you overcome that challenge and win um but yeah i mean don't get me wrong i think i, I commend especially developers that make sandboxy games right because it's not especially when you're developing that it's and again, I don't know like the specifics, but I feel like when you're making a sandboxy game, it's very much like, okay, here's a bunch of tools and we're just going to let you do what you want with those tools. But it's kind of like when you're developing that, like you, you kind of have to, like you were saying, you kind of have to like set, okay, some people are going to do this. Some people are going to do that. Like there's going to yeah. be different goals. And so you're kind of just building out almost like smaller games within it. But yeah, it's, um, I, I think to me too, I, I, I I like structure at least a little bit, especially for me. Um, not like I'm not like a crazy like planner or anything, but but like having a game, knowing what I need to do, and then doing it, it's something I like about that. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's been harder for me. I think the biggest sandboxy game I really enjoyed was Minecraft because it's like I think part of it too is because it was first person, <laughs> so it's like you get to like roam around like it's a first yeah, person game. But yeah, because yeah. yeah, first person's like a huge thing for me. I love that. Although, you know, like games like Division, I've had fun in that game. That's very like third person and 
one of my favorite like series of all time splinter cell was third person <laughs> and but they it's like third person done right. yeah um, yeah those are like uh linear paths with a set story though yeah, most of the exactly. games that you meant yeah so i think that's really what it comes down to um speaking of sandbox game just we can mention it very briefly no man's sky did you see the update I have heard and seen so many articles and I've even seen articles about how to get into it in 2022 because that new expansion came out. They're like, here's how you can get yeah. started in the game. Cause so many new people are coming like type of thing. Yeah. The, it looks phenomenal. It looks really cool. I don't know anything other than how it looks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, just, it just looks so good. <laughs> yeah. And, but that's a game that's like, I feel I would need to be with somebody or talking with somebody that's also playing the game or like, yeah like i need to be actively engaged with somebody else because i i, I think that's because of how i've i've been playing games the last like 10 years yeah. it's always been in a group format it's like i'm not competing to beat the game i'm competing to be better than the person that i'm playing with you know that's, what i mean like how, every, it's competition guy right here you understand this is that's, guy. that's that's why i like racing that's why i like yeah. shooters it's like fighting games too um i'll yeah. play those because you're you're not trying to beat the game. It's like you study the game to master the game, but you're not beating the game. You're trying to beat your opponent. Yeah. Whereas like RPGs and like PVE style games or like survival sandboxes, you're trying to beat the game. Yeah. Yeah. So for sure. It just just your style, you know? Definitely. Yeah, I mean that's all it comes down to, right? I used to be yeah. I still am super into like single player games, but um especially more recently I've been playing multiplayer. Maybe the past like, let's say maybe the past year. Although uh, I did I did play a lot of single player games last year, so I just uh, I'm I'm a lover of games. What can I say? You know. So, yeah, doing know. doing the whole watching live streams that are nothing but FPS will help. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and that'll do that. That'll have an effect for sure. Um, but yeah. Um, I'm sure there there was one more little kind of thing. To, I wanted to fill in here. It says um, this study did find some evidence, though, that people's motivations to play games and their experience playing them had a slightly larger impact on well-being. Uh, when people played games because they wanted to, their well-being was better than when people yes. played games because they felt compelled to. Still, those relationships are small, but um, and it's not clear if those motivations would have much of a noticeable impact on players. This is like th this delves into um, kind of the pro the pro player kind of like oh, yeah. sphere right like when you're yeah. when you're grinding a game for how long it's like it gets to a point where like you're just playing because it's your job right and like you're playing you're playing to get in the hopes that like elements of the game will get better and stuff like that like i feel like pro players could probably resonate with that you know with this the most and um, oh, i certainly think you agree <laughs> yeah it doesn't even have to be pro players it just has to be people that are competing right yeah like dude it, I yeah, I, I had that I literally had that feeling in like February with uh the team that I was on and we were competing for Halo Infinite. It was like, dude, like I, I just got done with a really long break and I really enjoyed my break and when I came back we were like just back into grinding and I was like, Okay, let's get it, let's go. And just grinding, grinding every single day. Like I'm talking several hours every single day, like playing by myself, playing with the team, like studying the game it yeah. was like i got to the point where i was just like dude i'm not liking this like at all yeah. it's like and it's like it's permeating through my attitude of how i play the game it's permeating to the point where it's like 
I'm getting really annoyed with teammates. It's just <laughs> yeah. like it just like keeps escalating because it's like you got to be careful. It's like you got to remember it's it's a game you're meant to enjoy it, have fun. But when you get to the point of like I have to get on, it becomes a chore. And then yeah. like they what what they say like what's that classic line that people say it's just like if you do something you love for a living, you'll never work a day in your life or something like that. Yep. It's like See, I feel like you can do every like something that you love every single day, and eventually you're gonna want to change it. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like you are you like love. Let's say your favorite meal is chicken and rice, very bland, very basic. But you, <laughs> just listen to me, okay? Just chicken and rice. You have that every single night, but it's your favorite for like months. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every now and then you're gonna want to switch switch it up, like have a veggie dinner. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe a steak. Maybe maybe some shrimp. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like what I'm getting at is too much of something, even if you like it, you can get on your nerves eventually. Yeah. Get, That's think, basically what I feel they're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I think, you know, variety is a spice of life, especially if you're playing one game on a competitive level. Don't be afraid to play some other stuff, you know? Fill it out. Yeah. Don't, especially in the in the gaming world. Like, I think Too people should try their very hardest not to lose their love of gaming, just from like beating beating themselves up over one game, you know, kind of thing. Oh yeah, I, it's, it's so easy to do. I feel like, and when you're in the moment and in that zone, I I find the best thing to do is to switch it up and go play a game that got you back, like got you into gaming in the first place. Yeah. Like for me, um. The game that kind of got me like really into gaming is Mario Kart, Super Smash, Mario Tennis. It's like I'll pull out the N sixty four and I'll play against bots. I'm just like, yeah, this is this is the best. Like this is just good. I'm enjoying <laughs> it's this. Good games, dude. Yeah, it's, but it's like for a younger audience, it could be like Modern Warfare two. You know, COD. Yeah, right. Exactly. Get out there, go play the campaign. I mean, I don't know if the servers are dude. still on. I mean, Minecraft, but. You know, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, just get on a game like, like that. Yeah. When I when I get back on Minecraft for a while, it, after a while, dude, it feels just so good. You know what I mean? Um, oh, dude, dude, my my zen is to go from like competing or being in tryhard mode of like shooters and then tilting, and then saying to hell with it. Let's go get on Rocket League. Let's go race on Forza. Yeah, That's, those are two games where I could just put on music zone out completely yeah you know i mean exactly. like sometimes you just gotta do that not even thinking about the outside world you know just block oh. it out for a little bit yep. exactly for sure man anyways play the moral yes. of the story play some games you know have fun um people are saying it's you know it's a it's, gaming it's... podcast advocating for yeah, us i mean yeah are, are we biased of course we are you know <laughs> what I mean? like i'm not gonna sit here and act like we aren't but hey play some games <laughs> just play some games you know um let's talk about uh i like this next article because it's yeah. one of my favorite developers like uh, so many games came out of this developer and studio <laughs> that i absolutely love and we're yeah. about to rip them a new one. Oh, man. <laughs> so i know we've had some articles recently about uh about you know getting like especially like with testers too, like tester unions that are starting yeah. to that, like because the industry is just. Ugh. Um. Anyways, so one year, uh, one year on, 
a better Ubisoft says that none of its demands for improving workplace culture have been met. Uh, a quarter of employees who signed the original open letter have actually quit since. <laughs> That's happened. Um, a better Ubisoft, the internal group campaigning for improved working conditions at the French publisher, has said that its demands have not been met one year on from issuing an open letter um, decrying the publisher's work culture. Um, since the letter was penned in solidarity with Activision Blizzard employees who were striking to protest the company's toxic culture of harassment and abuse. But the letter also called out similar problems at Ubisoft that were initially revealed in 2020. This included allegations of sexual assault and harassment against several high-ranking Ubisoft employees and a wider culture of ignoring or outright suppressing their problems or these problems that ran all the way up to the company's executives. Um, there was a lot more that kind of went on uh, with that. Um, but uh, now another year has passed. And a better Ubisoft is saying that once again, nothing has been done. And a Twitter said, breaking down the situation, the organization said that none of our demands have been met. It also stated that 25% of the letter's signatories, signatories um, have actually since quit Ubisoft, almost 40% of which are women. Since only a quarter of Ubisoft staff are women to begin with, this means that Ubisoft is massively de disproportionately losing women who signed the open letter calling for more action to tackle abuse. Article also goes on to kind of describe some of the initial uh, the, the initial demands. Uh, you could certainly go and read. Um, but overall, it's just, this just sucks. <laughs> you know, it's like, um, I think overall it's just, it's not what we want to see, especially uh, after, you know, many publishers, Activision Blizzard, I mean, Activision Blizzard have been under fire probably the most Every, over, yeah. over the recent, past recent years over like, all these allegations and just this poor behavior and then when they uh issued an open letter to ubisoft to try and uh, make things better at that company seems like nothing's been done i don't i don't know what to do mike it's getting ridiculous you know yeah i mean it seems to be an industry trend right now just like all these big tech companies and all these horrible toxic cultures and environments it's like crunch being yeah. the biggest thing and then well let me say this crunch being the biggest thing in terms of like working but then you got like the social issues of harassment yeah like as an outsider it's almost hard to believe that that even happens it's like but there's been so you many hear about it there's been yeah. so many cases of it it's like must be true like i it's just crazy to it me it's like it just can't it's hard to wrap my head yeah. around, you know? Some of the allegations that were coming out of Activision Blizzard in particular were so outlandish that it was like, it has to be true because who would make that up? <laughs> right? Like, you know, it was nuts. And Ubisoft is like, it looks way better in comparison. But the, the truth of the matter is, is like, this is going to keep happening because like workers are realizing you can kind of stick up. You have more negotiating power by essentially becoming a union yeah so they're not going to be putting up with this kind of crap anymore yeah and at least right now in this economy with the job like job market the way it is where everybody's kind of hired right now although signs are slowing but we're not economists let's not go into that <laughs> for right now and for the last two years most people have been just being able to work rather they want to work right yeah. so they have way more power to basically be like i'm out like I don't have to put up with this. I have other options. People are allowing me to work remotely. 
It's like if you can match the company's hours, you can technically work from anywhere now with the I mean, internet. Yeah, I mean, for real. Anywhere you got so an internet I, connection, you know? Yeah, so it gives people way more options to throw up the deuces and walk out. Yeah, very true. Um, I mean, I think it's a, certainly not out of the realm that we may start seeing some walkouts from these companies. And hopefully, oh, if that's the case, we could see some. Maybe serious some serious change, yes, and also maybe some other uh, development companies maybe getting some of these talented people and making some great products under a safe environment. Because <laughs> at this rate, I feel like that's probably going to have to be the answer is, you know, get some, get, get some companies going and get some, hire some devs and make something great without, you know, not wanting to go to work. Because I feel like in a lot of these cases, it's like people don't want to go to work because <laughs> of this. Yeah. Granted, you know, if they're working remote, that's um that's one thing. But still, I mean, you know, like I think that one of the um one of the downsides to working remote is um sometimes without even realizing it, you know, you're working these long hours and you could easily work overtime without even knowing and like or you could you could very much easily they, they can easily be like, Hey, like you're already home, like could you just work like a few more hours or could you just could you yeah. just get this done tonight kind of thing? And it's like, it, it becomes a little harder to get that work-life balance. And it's already, from what I've heard, especially in the industry, it's already hard enough to find that when they were in the office, let alone, I feel like it, it's in some cases probably amplified when they don't have to actually commute anywhere. Yeah, that's actually a good point. I mean, you got to set serious boundaries and expectations with your employer if you're under that kind of stress. Yeah. Just like, hey, you, you only pay me from eight to five. So from eight to five, I'm available. Whatever you need. Yeah, exactly. But at five oh one, my computer shutting down. And it's closed, <laughs> baby. Yep. It. Hopefully, you have that like ability to have multiple options, right? You have your own personal work laptop or computer, yeah. and like, your own personal use work. Yeah, or not work, but, like computer or laptop for entertainment purposes. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's crucial, especially in like the tech industry. I can speak on that. Like, in most cases, the people you're working for, they give you your own machine because it's like there's certain yeah. security measures you have to uphold for clients right. too. So it's like it's just easier to do the own your own machine, but it's also easier to separate that because you can again just close it and forget about it <laughs> until the next day. You know? Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. So yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's certainly something I've tried to be better about, especially like recently. Is kind of just you know separating the work and life a little bit more so it's uh it's it's easy to do it just uh takes a little little bit of discipline and just speaking i think speaking up a little more if it actually gets um to be too much so i don't know best of luck uh best of luck to the ubisoft ploys though yeah. it's uh i really hope they either figure something out or actually start listening and if not um they I will say for a lot of this, especially if like, you know, if you have experience, there are tons and tons of opportunities out there for developers. So there's always, uh, there's always another option, I think. So yeah. I, I say, don't be afraid to uh, seek other options if nothing is, uh, <laughs> nothing is changing. Yeah, exactly. I think one of the good demands that they wanted. So in the article, they say a better Ubisoft ended. Uh, the thread by reiterating its demands, which are as follows. There are several here, but the one that I think is crucial is the second one, which is we want a collective seat at the table to have a meaningful say in how Ubisoft, there's a Ubisoft, 
Either as or. a company moves forward from here. Sometimes people like people just want to be heard. Yeah, definitely. You know? Like that like if you can make people feel heard, they'll be more okay with like, okay, this is where I'm coming from. You listen to them genuinely listen, right? Like not not what's it called like just one year out the other kind of thing yeah um that makes them feel better and it's definitely deserved if you're working for them yeah yeah i would agree i think um i think that is something that will certainly have to happen and uh and yeah Yeah. i mean i don't know it's i guess it gets so hard when you have investors stakeholders and management and stuff i mean it gets it gets kind of hard but I think overall, I think we would get not only better games, but better communication and better, just better everything if, you know, developers had, if the people actually making the games had more of a say in what yes. actually happens, you know? I think Dude, it's just I across like, the industry in general. Like, <laughs> I know we can name I, a few, but... I feel like, I know for a fact I've been preaching, but I think, like, we as, as, like, on the podcast have been preaching that, like, just make just let the people that are making the games make the decision sometimes. Yeah. Why are we letting marketers or people in business management that don't know how the product is properly made dictate the deadlines and the marketing yeah. of that said product? It's like, you don't understand it. Yeah. You know? I mean, you just don't. And I mean, that going back to referencing a past article with a hundred thieves starting a game, making a company and like trying to get community involvement. I'd be very yeah. curious to see how that's going to turn out. Because if that if that if that ends up working change out, the game. yeah, I mean if that ends up working out really well, I mean, dude, that's that's gonna be, I think that's gonna be something that the industry as a whole should adopt um, is having oh, yeah. community involvement as well. Um, because I mean, and I'm not saying developers, you know, it, 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 there's certain cases too where I think um, maybe community probably has the community in general or like testers have better ideas than some of the developers around certain things because they just have more experience with that style of game and it's of course very situational but i think overall you know just giving giving the developers and the testers and everyone who's actually kind of putting time into the game and actually making it giving them those decisions and um trying to like take even community vote i think i'd be very curious to see how that turns out so i think um company yeah i mean companies like you know 100 thieves making their game and midnight society with doc i mean it's i'm gonna be very curious to see how those i'm very i'm looking very closely at those companies to see uh see what they do in the next couple of years because they could change the industry hopefully if it's if it's you know what we think it is yeah i'm definitely uh i'm hoping for their their success i'd like to see something different i'd like to see something public right yeah because like doc's thing is going to be very like like he's going to update his entire community he's going to promote it and stuff like that yeah 100 thieves it sounds like they're doing documentaries yeah they'll be doing so, documentaries and community you know outreach yeah, for like feedback and everything so exactly so it's like it's gonna be really interesting to see how it's gonna work um yeah but ubisoft needs to get together uh going back to them it's like i i don't understand it, it's been months and yeah. people feel as if none of their demands have been met and nothing has improved the workplace culture. So they're just leaving. Yeah. They've lost 25%. Like how many more people do you have to leave or how many more people have to leave until you realize like, Oh, this is an issue. I don't know, man. It, it really, it's a, it's a real head scratcher, right? Cause it's like, 
Yeah. You, if you, that's uh, that's that's a big chunk of the employee <laughs> of the employee base that's that's already gone, and so forty percent are women. I mean, yeah. I mean, I would just say, you know, if you're in that situation, you feel like you're not being heard. I mean, just just keep going. <laughs> just like just keep just keep going in terms of like leaving. Just like just uh, just yeah. find some other stuff. There's certainly a lot of opportunities out there. And Ubisoft will learn eventually. We can only hope, right? Yep. Or they'll bust. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of boomer bust, uh, oh yeah, Grand Theft Auto, GTA Six. Are, are, are you excited for GTA Six, Mike? I think overall, I'm kind of excited. No. Oh yeah, um, I mean, I'm, it's Grand Theft Auto. I'm gonna be excited no matter what. Yeah, I, I'm gonna be cautiously optimistic um it has it should have a lot of potential i mean it's been in development for i don't even know how long and gta 5 has been so successful through like a community basis of modding and like the role-playing scene that's come up the racing scenes there's so many things to do in the sandbox um it'd be really fascinating to see what they can do with the next iteration yeah yeah um anyways there was a huge article that dropped on bloomberg of course, uh, Jason Schreier, I believe, <laughs> always uh, helming that. Um, of course, that gets posted around everywhere. We pulled this article from Kotaku. Uh, the title says, GTA 6 co-stars a woman and will be more culturally sensitive. Apparently, the game is supposed to be set in Miami. Uh, release date is, of course, years away. Probably 2024, 2025, 6, you know, around there, probably. Um, but yeah, there's there was a lot to report. It's a pretty big article. Um, it says... Um, it says the um, it says here uh, the game is planned to come out sometime before March 2024. Um, but some developers told Bloomberg they're still skeptical, skeptical but this date's going to hit. Uh, reports the game the game's map was originally planned to encompass huge swaths of North and South America, but Rockstar dialed back those ambitions and instead plans to add more areas of cities post-launch. Um, this is rapidly all in keeping. With an attempted culture shift at the company, shortly before the release of Red Dead 2 in 2018, Kotaku reported on brutal overtime at a fame, at the fame studio. There was also allegations of abusive behavior as well, including uh, against the former VP of development. Um, Bloomberg reports that in addition to trying to improve working conditions internally, the studio is also trying to be more culturally sensitive, especially since American culture has become, um, as the article puts it, uh, a parody of itself in modern times. Uh, GTA games parodies the American culture dial up to 11 have been uh, criticized in the past of their misogynistic treatment of women, um, defensive jokes. A, uh, a playable female lead is apparently part of um, trying to address that, according to the article. Um, for now, though, it's worth noting that uh, we may already be seeing some of these changes um, come with a kinder culture. Uh, the next gen port of GTA 5 had some transformative content quietly removed uh, before the re release. Um, also notes that um, the police-centric mode of cops and crooks, first reported by Kotaku, apparently ceased development due to the uh, murder of George Floyd. A lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of cultural stuff, especially um, they've looked over, um, <laughs> especially the past couple of years. So um, it's, uh, I think it's, I think it's no surprise that they, uh, they probably want to try and dial it back a little bit. Um, and I'll be curious to see. I I've heard. I've heard mixed things online, Mike. You know, I've heard I've heard both sides. Like some people are like, "Oh yeah, like th this yeah. is great." Um, some people also says like, you know, then again, you know, this is this is Grand Theft Auto. It's kind of what it's 
it's meant to be kind of like um like hyperbolic in the sense of like you know these like really like weird parts of america and like you know the culture right so um yeah i mean i think i'll be curious to see what the game is like um i'm not like super caught up in that i just want a good video game at the end of the day so um however they do that um i mean i'd be curious to hear your opinion mike because i know i know we talked about it a little bit but we didn't go into like super detail i like so i think it's kind of i don't know how to put this exactly without feeling like i'm walking on eggshells right because it's like it's grand theft auto as a brand has always to me the way i've experienced it has always been about the criminal like criminal society in major cities yeah um you're not really having a moral background or compass so to me it was always like everything that was terrible in the game of grand theft auto was kind of like a role-playing game Mm -hmm. it was like supposed to supposed to represent the worst of american society right yeah right so i think like with having all that like all of those issues that are very what what term did they just use in this uh culturally sensitive Mm -hmm. Uh, i think it was culturally sensitive it was more like like intentional like it was meant to be offensive yeah. So yeah. I, I'm not sure why why they why exactly they're dialing it down. Um so the rumor is, and I wanted to double check this, I did a quick little Google search, and GTA six is what's it called? Um rumored to be based in something similar to Rio de Janeiro mm-hmm. between nineteen seventy and nineteen eighty, and the main character is supposed to be caught up in the drug trade. I don't think uh, a drug mule or whoever, somebody caught up in the drug trade, is going to have the moral background or judgment to have, like, culturally sensitive viewpoints. Yeah. Does that make sense? Especially, look, especially if it's, like, in the 80s, 70s, 90s. Oh, I mean, we're talking, it was, oh, it's yeah. just, like, it's, it was crazy it was back terrible. then, right? Like, yeah. it, it was, yeah, I mean, we look at a lot it's of... It's literally terrible for everybody except for a white man. <laughs> like, yeah, like, it's... it's yeah, I mean, it, back then, there was just, we, like, nobody knew any better, right? It's kind of just, like... So, I yeah, mean... Willfully, I willfully ignorant. I think people knew better. They were yeah. just looking the other way. Right, um, definitely. Um, but yeah, yeah it's, it, it's, a it's weird, weird how you want to take it. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, I totally understand where they're coming from as a company based in 2022. It's like, right, yeah, yeah, maybe maybe tone it back. But it's like, if you're trying to make a game, I guess they just need to decide what kind of studio they're trying to make. Right? Because it's like, Rockstar made Red Dead Redemption, which is a fantasy game, but is based in a real era. And they try to stick yeah. as true to that era as possible, which made it more of like a historical game, kind of, yeah, like loosely based on a story, kind of, kind of movie as quotes, you know. Um, Grand Theft Auto always felt like that to me too, because it's like, it's like, wasn't Vice City supposed to be a knockoff of Miami? I think so. Yeah. No, they had something beach. One of them was based on Miami. The other one's based on LA. It's like it's fantasy world, sure, but it's like they definitely take real elements of american society and the horrible things in it right yeah. to implement in their game um 
Yeah. I guess right now is going to be a turning point for Rockstar and what they decide to do with the Grand Theft Auto franchise. If they choose to go like the culturally sensitive route of like censoring themselves, um, because everybody plays these games now, like with role playing, I mentioned this yeah. off air, like the role playing stuff, that's huge. And everybody was doing that at some point. That's very inclusive. It has all communities in it. Yeah. On a game that's like hyper offensive in the story <laughs> to all yeah. those main characters and communities that are like come together. Yeah. So this might be their way to basically embrace the RP scene. Yeah. And bring in true. the audience of everybody. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, so it leads me to ask like, are we going to see a rated T GTA? Definitely not. <laughs> there's no way. There, yo, there's no way. I, look, I think, I think at the end of the day, it's like, I, I mean, I certainly look into it as art. I mean, we can, we can also see like GTA Five. I mean, it's probably the greatest grossing game of all time. Like that. I remember. I, I mean, I was in high school when it came out. Everybody, all every teenager yeah. wanted it. Like we all were like, yeah. I just played GTA. Like, like everybody yeah. wanted that game, and it's like, um. And yeah, I mean, I, it's, I think, but I kind of think to your point, I, you know, that's like, that's the whole point of these games is they're trying to like, kind of show like, it, it's like, I, I don't want to say like, it's all art, but it's like, that's kind of, it, it's, it's on purpose, right? Like, it's meant to yeah, kind of show you like the, it's, it's meant to like, show you an aspect of like, you know, <laughs> that, you know, these are people with, with no I, morals I, and that's <laughs> the way like, this yeah, is I, what can happen, like. I think the appeal with Grand Theft Auto is it's it's a video game based in a fantasy world that's based on reality, but it's like it's real. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're real people that think the way they these characters think. Yeah. They're yeah. real people that will like just hijack a car and shoot somebody. Yeah. You know, like Yeah, it's it's crazy like world, you know. That is real. That's real life that happens. There's drug mules, like prostitutes like and all these other things <laughs> i don't want to get too far in depth on a podcast yeah. but but it's like i think i think that's always been the appeal with grand theft auto and if they go away from that then it's like okay well what kind of game are we making now yeah they're that's at a turning point. point i think for sure I think they're at a turning point i'll be really curious to see how this game turns out now i mean yeah. i will say though i am excited that they're gonna have a woman on it yeah, for sure. I think that that's one thing they have not really done, and it's gonna be pretty cool to see how they handle it. Yeah, I agree. It could be pretty dope. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely they're at a turning point. We'll see how it turns out. Um, I'm still gonna play the game regardless because it's GTA. Oh, like, no, no one's. Yeah. I feel like no one's not gonna play this game. Um, yeah. <laughs> especially <laughs> if you know, and uh, with Rockstar being uh, Rockstar, so yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, we'll. I, I'm going into it now. I'm expecting some things maybe turned down a little bit, but I'm also hoping that, you know, Rockstar still kind of keeps that little bit of realness that made their game so likable, I think. Which sounds like funny to say likable, but like, I feel like that was part of it. So, I'll be curious to see. Now, you know, Minecraft came out with an update recently, Mike. <laughs> wasn't, oh, wasn't, tell me all about it. Wasn't so likable, I feel like, from some of the Minecraft community. Oh. Before um, before we get started, I'm going to just say it really quick. Go for it. I fell into a YouTube rabbit hole of these people remaking different like ancient societies in human like civilization, like real societies. Yeah. I think they did Babylon, 
like <laughs> built, rebuilt the entire thing on historical references that they could find. It's crazy. Yeah, it was incredible. Anyways, yeah. I felt well, Minecraft is amazing. That's all I'm I saying. mean. I mean, another side note. I think there was like a world that was like one to one with Earth or something like that. Like that was like playable. Oh, the, it's kind of crazy. There's, there's also a one to one Middle Earth. That's for Lord of the Rings fans. dude. It's yeah. Yeah, it's and I saw I saw like I do I let me tell you how bad I fell in. It was like an hour and a half long Lord of the Rings Middle Earth Minecraft tour. <laughs> I saw the whole thing. You <laughs> watched the whole thing. You watched the whole thing. Oh my Minecraft's gosh. awesome. Let's go. Let's Minecraft. go. Hit me with the article, sir. I love Minecraft, but listen, Minecraft player Minecraft players are in <laughs> up for over the new reporting system. But Mojang says they're not backing down. They're not budging on this. They said this is going in. Um, the new system lets players report chat messages in multiplayer games, uh, but communities worried about ramifications. Uh, they said Minecraft players have been up in arms about the new player reporting system since it was announced a month ago. It's finally been implemented as part of yesterday's 1.19.1 update. It allows players on both private and Mojang-hosted multiplayer servers to flag inappropriate messages in chat for review by Mojang investigators. Potentially resulting in suspicious in suspensions and bans for players that violate Minecraft's community guidelines, even on self-hosted servers. Fans are worried that the system will result in player bans for messages taken out of context, and more broadly, that it gives Microsoft too much power to dictate the content of discussions on its platform. I can definitely see where people come from with this. Um, it's kind of like for the for the Mojang official servers, it makes total sense, right? Like, if you're talking about, like, a private Minecraft server that's, like, even self-hosted, it's, like, stepping into some private territory, you know? Um, kind of, yeah. and, and it could, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not going to, I mean, people shouldn't say a majority of things they say online anyways, but, like, especially Actually, in this case, it's, like, I don't know. Is it is it an invasion of privacy, I guess, is the real question, right? Well, it's, uh, it's weird, right? Because... With the private servers, people running them like they were private businesses, weren't they? Yeah, at one point, for sure. Yeah. Um, like, I, I saw reports of certain people making, like, millions of dollars a year yeah. off of their servers yeah. that they ran and operated. So, I mean, I can totally understand their need or want to have some privacy. But at the same time, you can also see the developer sense, like, they want to have a safe community. This is also coming on the heels, remind you, of how Minecraft and Microsoft basically said they're not putting NFTs in their game. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're making some big decisions so, here, you know. Yeah, I I think we're gonna see the end of private servers on Minecraft. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> where it's I think that's where it's leaning. Um, I mean, it's not gonna be instantaneously, but it's like the writing's on the wall, right? Like, if you see them coming out and saying like no more NFTs or no NFTs whatsoever, and you're not making as much money off of your servers, like Microsoft, big dog Microsoft's coming over here is like you need to clean it up. <laughs> Otherwise, we're gonna start banning everybody. What do you mean? Like, you know, what I'm start saying? shutting like, down the whole. Server. I mean, there there's servers out there, like in all different types of communities, where it's like they can get really toxic and they can say really inappropriate things. Yeah. So if they're gonna shut it down, they're gonna shut it down. I mean, yeah, they would. I mean, it's uh, I think it's, yeah, some people, some people may stop trying to invest in Minecraft. I mean, it's gotten. It certainly wasn't as lucrative as it was at one point. Especially, I know, like, Microsoft, they especially, they crack down on a lot of the uh, things that people were allowed to market on their servers. Um, yeah. So, it certainly wasn't as lucrative as it used to be. But, yeah, at one point, especially in early Minecraft, whenever servers were really getting off the ground, I mean, 
there were servers turning around hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. And it's um Insane. it's it's wild, man. But they they were legit small businesses that employed people and employed like not only developers, but also like builder, like world builders. Like you go into Minecraft, like Mike, you go into Minecraft, you take a block, you fly around, you click stuff and you get paid for it. You know what I mean? Like that's what I'm talking that's about so here. Saying it's that's like so sick. It's crazy, man. Like artists had like another uh another outlet. But uh but yeah, it's not as much the case anymore. And especially with decisions like this, it makes me wonder if it's gonna be much of a thing much longer, you know? I don't know. Maybe I'm looking too far into it, you know? Maybe it's maybe most of them will be fine. I mean, at the end of the day, of course we're gonna promote, like, if you say like you know, talk to people online as if you would talk to them in person. Like, have, have oh, some decency, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Be human, not a savage. Exactly, that's the <laughs> biggest thing, I think. But, yeah. you know, there, there may be some people that leave that leave because of this, but who, who uh, know, well, who's to say Mojang wanted them in the first place? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's what I'm saying. So it's yeah. like, there are 2,000 downvotes uh, at a time of the writing for Reddit, but th- this could also lean into multitudes of situations like especially in the u.s with like well i don't want to get too much into it but there there have been policies in the last like 30 years where people have been slowly but surely losing some form of privacy because like everything's going on the internet now yeah um and i think this is just like one more thing for some people you know what i mean it's just like let's say minecraft's your everyday thing that's your passion you like building and, yeah. and then all of a sudden <laughs> you find out it's like man they're coming after my data on minecraft now the heck, you know man. Yeah, it's just like eh, it keeps coming. But I also think it's a, there is a little bit of irony, right? Minecraft players are upset at Microsoft because of this, like them just moderating their chat. Meanwhile, PlayStation has auto save features recording every single one of your communications in voice and text chat. Dang, and if dude. you do one report, it automatically compiles a file to be sent off into the, the abyss to be registered by the almighty AI over there. You're done, To do son. that. You're done. Some cheeks. You're done. You understand? You're gone. Which oh, honestly man. isn't a bad thing because when I'm doing crossplay and there's PlayStation kids, the things I've heard, man, you guys are living in 2005 <laughs> Xbox Halo 2 proximity <laughs> chat. And if you don't know what that is, it's Modern Warfare 2 <laughs> proximity chat between the lobbies era. Dude, era. You guys game are toxic, chat man. hit different. <laughs> and not in a good way. <laughs> it was bad, dude. Oh my oh, god. Had, had like seven-year-old kids crying, man, calling for their mom. And then you curse <laughs> out your mom. Like, whoa, dude. Put oh. your mom on the mic. You remember that? <laughs> oh, yeah. like, straight up. People were yeah, savage. They go dude. after the mom, dude. It was oh, crazy. So funny, dude. Here. The anonymity, dude. It's nuts, it is man. It's crazy. Um, it, it's, it's sometimes you forget. You know, it's other people on the other side of that mic. But I, I mean, <laughs> in some cases, though, it's good banter, right? Like you're in the lobby, you're out, you never speak to that person again. It's kind of just in the moment, you know. Okay, like, there, there's a difference between like good banter and then crossing a line. Definitely is. I'm not saying that. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not trying to trying to uh, blanket statement good banter. Okay, right? okay. <laughs> I'm just saying like <laughs> there's a. Uh, Especially if you are of age, a civil person. Yes. There's a, you know, you could have a little fun, but uh, there certainly was way too much line crossing. I will say that. Yeah. Oh, especially in those like five to six seconds in between 
lobbies where you're automatically know you're going to disappear and never see that person again because the population <laughs> was like a million the things oh, that man. people were saying man. i know they, they got to oh. get it in last second weirdos oh, that was back when people could here's the thing for those of you that don't know um xbox since the xbox one i think even yeah it was since the xbox one you can't live stream anything on the xbox one to audio chat on Twitch or YouTube. It's like it's a pre-recorded like they put in a different line or something like that where you can't hear game chat. And I know you know this because we watch Nick all the time he plays on the Series X and you yeah. never can hear his game chat. The reason why is because of how toxic it was back then during <laughs> Xbox original Xbox original Xbox 360 and people in proximity chat like there were people live streaming and then they were saying the n-words and stuff. Yeah, like, it was bad. It's like so not bad. the streamers themselves, but the people they put it up against. Yeah, it was out bad, of control. So bad. So, yeah. Well, All that to basically say, uh, be be human. Exactly, dude. <laughs> be human, dude. Anything in Minecraft. Be human, man. Yeah, those are all articles. All the articles, dude. That's that's it. That's it. Mike, it's all I had, dude. It's all I got, man. I'm sorry, dude. I think uh, I think it was kind of a dry week, um, unfortunately. But there is some good news, right? So this is the last episode of the month, which means next episode, which will come out on the fifth of August, and we're already getting to August now. Dang, dude. So on the fifth of August, um, post the next episode, and we're actually going to give the next releases of August um video game releases for all platforms oh yeah so and just uh yeah just just a quick sneak peek you know, saints Row is gonna be on that list that's my game to look out for in august so you've now. been so big on that ever since yeah, you've been dude. big on that since you got on the podcast man big on it man. you're like I, so I, when I, do we get to dude, talk about saints we're Row? supposed to get it in february mike all right <laughs> i know i just want to get it so bad dude it's, it's, this is the month it's coming into the month but it's the month all right, I think without further ado, we can let the people go. Um, thank you for tuning in. This has been episode 28 of the M2 Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Anthony. My co-host over here, Mr. JKE. And, oh yeah, one more thing. All the links, all the description, or is in the description if you want to go check it out for yourself. And contact information as well. Discord link's there. Come join up. Say what's up. We're friendly. So, you got anything yeah. for him, Kyle? No, nah, dude. Thanks for coming up. That's all I got for you. All right. All right. Oh God, dude. <laughs> See you guys later. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks.